Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text hope NY in New York. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Hello, everybody. Welcome into another edition of GC Live. Kendall Smith alongside of Wes Mitchell. Super happy to have you all here and hope that you're having a great Friday so far. Wes, you look a little frazzled right now. Are you having a good Friday so far? Because you're No, I'm good. We're good. I uh, actually just got in, uh, did 107.5 with Pearson in studio, filling in for Preston, and uh, just shot back over here to the office and was trying to get this up on the front page of Gamecock Central as we were going live. Um, so there, there was just a lot going on, but we're, we're good to go. And Kendall, there's a lot going on in Gamecock Nation uh, from the men's basketball side. Obviously, the big news on Thursday night, Gigi Jackson decommits from North Carolina. SEC Media Day is coming up. We'll have a full crew, in, including yourself, uh, in Atlanta on Tuesday for – the South Carolina portion of that, when we were talking before, we did not know who the three players were going to be. We now know those, you know, who those guys are. So plenty to talk about today. But first, I can't go any further 
without talking about our good buddy Clint Hammond of the Mortgage Network, NMLS number 71597. Email address is chammond at mortgagenetwork.com. You see the phone number right there, 803-576-4450. And uh, you see Clint's information above our heads each and every show. So uh, go to clinthammond.com. Check him out if you're in the market for a new home. He'll help make a process that is sometimes difficult, very, very simple. As Ben weighs in and says, how would you say this? GG Go, GG Gamecocks? I don't I don't know exactly. I, I know that's been the big thing today. Yeah. Um, has been just to add an extra G on all your Gs as Kendall Gamecock Nation. I feel like they can feel it at this point. They were... When Jamie Shaw started putting this thought in their head, I think Gamecock fans were excited, but they were also a little scared to get hurt. And yeah. I think now, now they can almost feel it that that this thing is probably happening. Yeah, they see the light at the end of the tunnel. And big shout out to Jamie Shaw. We got to give some love to on three to Jamie Shaw. He has been on top of this since the very beginning. Some people saying when he changed his RPM prediction that he was crazy, that there was no way Gigi was going to decommit from North Carolina because Jamie made that call over a week ago. So he was one of the kind of unpopular people to do it at the beginning of this situation. And then now look where we are. And Gigi Jackson has officially decommitted from UNC as of last night. And I have to say just kind of from the perspective of a student right now, I'm going to take the media member out of me a little bit. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm in Charlotte right now. So I've spent my entire life around UNC fans and it feels pretty darn good. UNC loves to throw around the real Carolina and the fake USC and that's their go-to thing. And I hear it all the time here in North Carolina, but I tweeted this last night over the past year, South Carolina has dominated UNC. They beat them in football baseball, women's soccer, and women's basketball, and now most likely going to snag Gigi Jackson from UNC as well. So if you're a Gamecock fan, you're super excited. I understand, you know, before this was announced, you might want to be a little bit hesitant about it. I know that South Carolina has had some uh, not great things go their way sometimes. And with Gigi Jackson, he was so close to committing to South Carolina. And then the Frank Martin news broke. But credit where credit is due. Lamont Paris staying on this. And that's huge. You got to give a ton of credit to him and a round of applause for the fact that he stayed with this. And now it looks like it's going to pay off for South Carolina. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I can remember a time, Kendall, where it just felt like things did not go South Carolina's way against UNC for a little stretch there. And now it, it kind of feels like that has turned a bit. And, uh, you know, any anytime you can get a one-up on North Carolina and men's basketball, which obviously traditionally is, is their bread and butter. And, you know, South Carolina's, you know, history hasn't been necessarily what the fan base wants it to be in that sport. So, uh, you know, to, to get a guy like this, and I, I think uh, – you know, assuming that does happen, we know officially that the decommitment has happened. I think that the um, the the writing is sort of on the wall uh, about where this is headed. You know, obviously, um, when that does happen, assuming it does happen, that's going to be, I mean, arguably one of the biggest moments in South Carolina men's basketball. We'll say at least modern history. You know, there I actually asked um, these basketball old heads, I call them, that are on the Gamecock Central forums 
that have been following Carolina men's basketball all the way back to, you know, when, when Carolina was really, really good in the early 70s. And I think a lot of us don't – we obviously don't remember those times because we weren't around, but we they don't even pop up into our brains when we talk about South Carolina basketball history. But as far as modern day, uh, like, you know, since the internet recruiting era when all this stuff was being ranked and recorded and, um, you know, you can go back and compare, um, this would clearly be – you know, the highest ranked and biggest commitment of South Carolina men's basketball modern history. So um, that is uh, obviously when it happens, if it happens, that's going to be amazing for everybody involved. Eric Nichols, uh, who does marketing for South Carolina with a very timely <laughs> on Thursday night, telling everyone how they can get their men's basketball tickets mm-hmm. next year. And, you know, Kendall, I think obviously for, for uh, Lamont Paris is, is, going to be a huge get to start off his era at South Carolina with, with a positive, with a boost. You know, I, I think there were obviously some, some fans who were, were not happy with the hire. There were some fans who were vocal about the hire and, you know, I, I think he, he needed to have a little bit of something to, to provide some juice going into next season. Now you get that. Now you're, you're probably going to have some atmospheres at Colonial Life Arena that are boosted, assuming it's – I keep talking like it's already happened. It obviously hasn't. But assuming it happens, you're going to have some atmospheres that are boosted just for people to get to see Gigi Jackson play basketball in a Carolina uniform. And seeing as how this state has had so many top guys leave so many years before, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be pretty cool, assuming it happens, for a guy to come in and represent – the Palmetto State on the big stage by going to an in-state school. It's so unique with basketball. And we talked about this the other day on the show. And we talk about football a lot on here as well. And with football, you've got a bigger roster, a lot more players, a lot more scholarship positions. And of course, with football, you can see one player really change a narrative like Spencer Rattler has for South Carolina this year. But with basketball, it's even different because you just have five players on the court at one time. You've got a significantly smaller basketball team than a football team. So when you get a guy like Gigi Jackson, if he does come to South Carolina, which it's looking like he will come to South Carolina, that's huge for the basketball program. You need a game changer in the South Carolina basketball program at this point, because I think so many people have just kind of grown apathetic with it. It's one of those things in the South Carolina athletic department where it's like, you never really expect a whole heck of a lot out of the basketball team, which is sad, but it's kind of gotten true at this point. I think people are tired of the same old, same old. They want that one person that's going to come in, that's going to change things. And that could be Gigi Jackson for South Carolina. So huge get for them. And I saw a tweet last night and it's so true at the same time. If Gigi Jackson comes to South Carolina, he will be on campus Aaliyah Boston will be playing for South Carolina and Spencer Rattler for the football team. When was the last time, Wes, you've been around the Gamecock world a lot longer than me, but when was the last time there was a trio like that for three different sports where you could say, yeah, those are all top tier, some of the best players in the country right here at South Carolina? Yeah, you're putting me on the spot. I I mean, was there like, it had to have been a long, long time ago that you could even come up with three and three different sports, probably maybe before my time of like being more. Yeah, well, you know, and I, I think, um, 
nationally, there just haven't been there just haven't been those big men's basketball. You know, I, I would say even let's go fairly recent with the best sort of recent basketball player at South Carolina's on the men's side. You know, Sandarius Thornwell, as right. good as he was, and he was phenomenal. He didn't really quite have the national name until South, it was really like the final three weeks of his career. South Carolina makes the run in the tournament, and he was so phenomenal in the tournament that people started talking about him like, whoa, look at this guy. He's been dominant in the tournament. And Carolina fans were going, well, yeah, that's kind of what he's been all season long and to a little bit lesser degree what he's been his entire career. But some guys kind of transcend that, and Gigi being the number one player in the 2023 class, obviously, assuming this happens, he'll – He'll be in the 2022 class. We'll see where he ends up, how they re-rank him, where he, you know, he'll be top five, I, I think, regardless. So, you know, and then Spencer Rattler, we've already talked about it, Kendall. His name sort of has taken on almost a life of its own because of the, you know, the early attention being on a freaking Netflix show while you're in high school. Like, that's that, that's a level unlike really – anything we've seen even Clowney I, I was there front and center during Jadavian Clowney's recruitment his recruitment was one of the craziest things I've ever sort of experienced but there there wasn't Netflix shows involving right. Clowney you know so Rattler sort of expands beyond even like your 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 college football diehard fans I, I think and then we you know we've seen what Aaliyah Boston has done on the women's basketball side so yeah you've got some very very special talents in the in the day of name image and likeness where brand is everything you've got three outstanding brands and you know i I think uh, se scout guy says assuming this is a one-year thing which um, again we're already making assumptions we're already putting them in a gamecock uniform so let's go ahead and assume yes it is a one-year thing because that's that's clearly going to be the plan you're reclassifying and again, leaning on Jamie Shaw's reporting, he will be old enough to enter the 2023 NBA draft um, if he reclassifies, goes to South Carolina with this 2022-2023 season. So, yeah, you're assuming it's a one-year deal. To his point, it does just as much for perception of the program as it does even on the court because right. you're showing, hey – I'm the top guy. I could go anywhere, and I'm choosing to stay home at, at South Carolina. I'll be very curious, Kendall, assuming all this happens, does it in any way help the narrative in state? Does it in any way help for South Carolina create a greater push um, for, you know, there, there's a kid, Cam Scott, who's coming up, one of the top players in the country in a couple of years. Uh, the Butler kid coming up in the next class. Um does it help with your perception with those guys to where they maybe say, oh, I can get what I need without leaving the state? If it does, then that's when you're talking about it having a greater impact um, than just the one year, and it carries on to recruits uh, moving forward. I mean, I think it does. I think you really have to 
kind of mess it up for it not to. If you have a guy like Gigi Jackson coming into your program, we've seen it before with these superstar phenom basketball players who go to programs that might not be UNC and they might not be Duke, but they still go and they're able to make an impact. And obviously, you know, we would expect Gigi to do that. And then hopefully Coach Paris would capitalize off of that and continue uh, to move forward. I think the program just needed needed some sort of like spark and it needed some sort of something to just get people excited. And, and with Lamont Paris, you know, it's huge for him as well. And the perception, like the comment mentioned, the perception that he's creating around the program. Yes, he's only been here for a few months, but he's able to come in and he's still able to secure Gigi Jackson, given he commits after not developing a relationship with him. He just started developing a relationship with him. It's not been a long-term recruitment process for Lamont Paris. Yes, Gigi has been involved with South Carolina for an extended period of, t- period of time when Frank Martin was the coach, but now it comes in Lamont Paris starting off very, very strong, and that's huge if you're a coach like him, especially with the talent that's coming up in the state. Gigi having enough faith, having enough trust in Lamont Paris and in that program to say, yeah, maybe I don't know you as well as I know some of these other coaches. Maybe I don't know you as well as I knew Hubert Davis or whatever it might be, but I still have trust in you. I still have trust in this program, your your first year as a head coach, to come here and, you know, to be a South Carolina Gamecock. So I think that in itself speaks volumes. Um, and, and, you know, unless they really mess it up, I think South Carolina should be able to take this and do something with it. Um, it would be obviously very disappointing if not. Well, and I, I think um, obviously, you know, let's call it what it is. He doesn't know Lamont Paris as well as he knew Frank Martin. And, right. um, you know, so it, it, it appeared at one point South Carolina was going to miss out on this opportunity having this great player in your backyard who was highly interested in your program. They kind of get a second chance here. And I'll say this, uh, you know, you talked about the boost it's going to provide to the fan base. Um, I I am happy for Lamont Paris because it really wasn't fair. Like, you know, you mentioned apathy. The fans that had apathy for the program at this point, you know, were probably some of the same people who wanted change. And then you provide them change, but you're not, in their case, happy with the changes. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things, in my opinion, where there was some not so fair um, criticism pointed at Lamont mm-hmm. Paris based on people who maybe felt like they wanted a different hire. Well, right. once the hire is made, it's it's not Lamont Paris's fault that South Carolina chose to hire him. You know, he's coming in to do the best job he possibly can, and generally, you get that little boost just from having a new coach, something new, something fresh, Mm -hmm. something different. A lot of times we don't even know what we want. We just want something different than what we've seen. And Mm -hmm. when it comes to Frank Martin and the the way that program is structured, I think fans want to see a more exciting style of basketball. They want to see not, not necessarily these sort of like rock fights of basketball games where it's just a physical grinded out defensive battle. They, they wanted something different. Well, now you're getting that with Lamont Paris, but, maybe because fans got their hopes up with a big-name guy coming in or, or somebody different, they put these kind of, un I don't want to say unreal expectations, but they it, there was a part of the fan base that didn't want to really even give him a chance, I think. Mm-hmm. Getting Gigi Jackson serves to, like, reel those fans in a little bit. And 
they're, they're going to sit there and, and say, okay, I'm, I'm here for this. Like I'm, I'm, you have my attention. Yeah. I think is what this does. Now, obviously at this point, like you mentioned, it's about taking advantage of it and, and uh, putting a, a good product on the floor, but you have literally a projected NBA lottery pick now on your roster. So that obviously helps. What can you build around him will, will become the question at this point. So we'll see what South Carolina can do with it. I believe there's one more scholarship other than Gigi. So, who you know, a lot of the guys already committed elsewhere. Right. Is there some that that's the question I my mind immediately went to? Um, who who else is out there, or is there somebody out there that is not committed? And I don't care if they're JUCO transfer freshman. Um, I don't I don't care where they're coming from. Is there somebody else out there that perks up and says, "Oh, I could go to South Carolina and play with Gigi Jackson"? Mm-hmm. That. That that would be my question, Craig. Asking has Julian Phillips signed with Tennessee yet? Uh, I don't think Julian has signed. He's obviously committed to Tennessee. Um, I'd be surprised if he were to flip again. Obviously, um, you know, was was originally going to LSU, but if I'm Gigi, maybe you know, maybe I make the call and say, hey, do you do you want to come hang out? I, I'm I'm not putting that out into the ether as being a possibility at all, but. Um, this is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting to see, Kendall, how this plays out moving forward and when Gigi makes the announcement. Um, all signs obviously pointing to him at this point announcing for South Carolina. Very exciting times in the world of Gamecock men's basketball. And again, just big props to Lamont Paris because he could have just said, whatever. He's committed to UNC. It's done. He had the relationship with Frank. He doesn't have it with me, but he continued to go after it. And uh, I just want to say one last thing. I think he has something to prove, and that's something that I really like about him. He came into this job, and there were some naysayers that were like, we don't want Lamont Paris. He was like our third choice, whatever it might be. He has something to prove. And that's also, I think, something about Shane Beamer that I really like and a similarity I see in the two of them. Obviously, Lamont coming from a mid-major school at Chattanooga, Shane Beamer having his first ever head coaching job with it being in the SEC. They both have something to prove. The people, I think, took to Shane Beamer a little bit more than they took to Lamont Paris. And I think that transition went a little bit better, but you still had your naysayers with both, like you're going to have with any coaching hire that say they don't have the experience. They shouldn't be here. This is South Carolina. This is an SEC school. Neither one of these coaches should have been hired for these positions. And I think they both had something to prove. Beamer obviously doing great in his first year. And I think Paris is, is probably taking that to heart as well, maybe with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. And, and he's coming out here and he's proving that, as of right now, he can recruit with the big boys and he can get out there and, and get South Carolina hopefully going down the right track. And that's something I really respect and appreciate out of Coach Paris. So, yeah. And, you know, Kendall, I think Beamer had a little bit of a head start just based on, um, you know, f- familiarity. Like, here, here's a right. guy who comes in and um, fans at least knew of him and knew what he did and, and knew his name from his time at South Carolina before as an assistant coach, uh, you know, with Paris, there's a little bit of a filling out process from the fan page. What, what is this guy all about? Well, you know, what, who is he as a person? Who is he as a coach? Who is he as a recruiter? And 
yeah, there's always going to be a little bit of um, skepticism when a guy comes in that's not just a huge name that people are already aware of. Um, ben saying, I love Lamont's vibe. Nothing phases him. He does, you know, I, I think, I think he's a, he's a different guy than Shane Beamer in that. Yeah. I think, I think Beamer, Beamer's a little bit more outgoing. Beamer's a little bit more like I'm going to be out in, I've seen Beamer out in the community, you know, Beamer's at every single, I mean, I think Beamer's probably been in a, every single match or game for, for at least, at least one match or game for like all the different sports that South Carolina has. I mean, you see him, he goes to softball games, he goes to baseball games, he goes to women's basketball games, probably been to a tennis match. Like he, he's all around campus. And, you know, I think, I think Lamont Paris has to be himself. Um, like, I, I think he, He's got to be who he is. He can't be somebody right. else. He's got to come in and be who he is. But hopefully this gives him the juice needed with the fan base for the fan base to say, okay, I'm I'm listening. Like, you have my attention. I'm going to shut up now. I'm going to stop complaining, and I'm going to see what you can do as opposed to – and we're just talking about a portion. It's not everybody, obviously. It's right. maybe even a small portion that was saying, oh, this guy can't get the job done. This, I think, silences those guys for a while, and uh, it, it gives you a chance. So we uh, we shall see what happens. I have a fun little quick story about Lamont Paris out in the community. So my neighbor is from Chattanooga, Tennessee, and her family was in town, and they were out in the Vista, and they were walking down the street, and she had already gone into Kaminsky's, which is like a little dessert bar out in the Vista, and her parents hadn't come in for like 15 minutes, and I guess her dad was walking down the street, and they passed this guy, and her dad goes, Lamont? And he turns around and starts talking to them. They're talking all about Tennessee, Chattanooga, new job at South Carolina, stayed out there for like 15, 20 minutes just talking with Lamont Paris, said he literally could not have been nicer Great guy. She comes over to my house and tells me this like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so that's a fun little story about Lamont out in the community and just a friend of mine who's really not even like a huge sports fan or, or not that into it. And and her family just had a great experience with him. So uh, he is out there somewhere. I know he's uh, maybe on the streets of the Vista going to Kaminsky's, whatever it might hey, be. Hey, Kaminsky's is a great spot. It is good. It's really good. But there's a few other dessert places that I also think are right up there with Kaminsky's. We'll get into that another time. Uh, that's another day. That's another day, another conversation. Uh, Wes, we want to kind of switch gears and, and talk about football, or do you – oh, we want to talk about taxes. All right. Well, well, Wes, since you're the tax guy, I'll let you take this one. Well, I figured this would be a perfect time to uh, split the show up as we turn into football. Uh, Liberty Tax right here in Columbia is one of our other great sponsors here on GC Live. You can overcome your tax anxiety, Kendall, which I, I know is something you struggle with on a daily basis. Um, <laughs> 803-462-5576 is how you can call them. Um, we're halfway through the year, so um, oh my tax God. season actually isn't that far away. I know it seems like we just finished tax season, but if uh, you know if you, if you own a business or if you're in a position where maybe you are starting a business and you want to kind of get a feel ahead of time for what your tax situation may look like, uh, you can give the folks at Liberty Tax a phone call and they will help walk you through the process. And uh, again, the tax team at Liberty Tax locations in Columbia, Irmo, and Lexington can be found at 803-462-5576. Um, they can talk about stuff that goes well 
above my head. Any Anything to do with taxes that you have questions about, hit up our friends at Liberty Tax. Uh, and, and my friend Larry over there is a huge Gamecock fan as well. So we appreciate both Larry and Clint um, being our, our two main sponsors here on GC Live. And, and they're both big Gamecock supporters as well. So Gamecock supporters and Gamecock Central supporters, which, uh, Kendall, that is what we like. And uh, speaking of Gamecock Central, you and uh, Mike, who just uh, commented as well, Mike Yuva, Colin Taylor, um, I believe uh, maybe Joe as well, will be uh, – I always want to screw up Joe's last name. I don't Machica. know. Machica. Machica. Mm-hmm. Not Macheca, which is what I, uh, <laughs> I used to say. Joe Machica, our summer intern. You will all be in Atlanta next yes. week. It's right around the corner, South Carolina, going on Tuesday at SEC Media Days. We now know who the Gamecocks are taking. Kendall, were you surprised at – and this is a little bit of an old story now, so we'll, we'll go real quick on it. Were you a little bit surprised of no Spencer Rattler? Um, even though now, if you think about it, it's easy to see the thought process. But are you a little bit surprised nonetheless? Honestly, no. Like, I'm going to sit here and say I am not surprised. I know that on Monday during the show, I said you should take Spencer Rattler. And I don't disagree with the comments that I made. Like, I genuinely don't think taking him would have been a bad thing at all. I think it would have made for some great national press for South Carolina. Like you said earlier, he's one of those names that, People who follow the sport obviously know, but people who don't really follow the sport know as well. But I'm not surprised knowing Coach Beamer, knowing what this football program is about, having had the chance to work alongside of Beamer for almost a year now, it doesn't surprise me that they are taking seniors. And I think it's a good thing. Like, honestly, it's SEC media days. These seniors deserve to go. It is not the end-all be-all if Spencer Rattler is there or if he isn't. He will be up on that press podium very shortly, I promise you. He also just did an interview uh, on Garnet Trust, if you want to check that out, about a week ago. So we're hearing lots from Spencer Shameless plug. (laughs) Yeah, shameless plug. Go check that out. Um, But I'm happy with the players that are going particularly very, very happy for DeCarrie and Joyner. I think that that is a great pick. It's a great decision. I'm a little surprised Van isn't going. I'm going to be honest. Like I saw him as probably a shoe-in. If you would have guessed four or five days ago on my end, who's a shoe-in, I probably would have said Josh Van. But I'm really happy DeCarrie and Joyner deserves to go. And I love the OLDL representation as well. I think that's a great thing. The line, especially the offensive line, Gwen's going on the O-line, and then you've got Zach Pickens on the D-line. Um, they don't get a lot of love and they they get hated on and <laughs> they don't get the respect and the attention they deserve for the things they make happen. So I'm happy for those two that they get to go as well. Yeah. And so, Kendall, I'm going to tell everybody where I was right and I'm going to tell everybody where I was 100% wrong. I, too, if you go back to Monday's show, I believe I said, not that he, I might have said he has to take Spencer Rattler or, or, or I probably said Spencer Rattler is definitely going to be one of the picks, uh, yeah. was my guess. Uh, so I will own that. Um, I understand why he is not. Now the decision has been made. I was just sort of assuming that given the attention he brings, right. that they would go that direction, that Beamer would go that direction. But, um, you know, to your point, it's not like we have not heard from Spencer Rattler. We've, you know, they, they've been very, very um, 
I would say open about letting him do different interviews. You know, um, ESPN had a, a couple of, I guess, probably months ago now, they had a really good, like, open, honest interview with him where he was talking about sort of how things ended at Oklahoma, like kind of even maybe went further than I, I thought he might say, you know, talking about his experience there. And he's done several, you know, national shows as well. And so I, I think it's not like they've said, oh, we're just going to hide Spencer Rattler from the media. Like that's not been the right. case at all. He's spoken plenty. You're probably at the point where he's going to be just – was going to be repeating almost all the things he's already said. So maybe they didn't want to put him in that situation. Mm-hmm. And it also, as as you just pointed out, it does serve to sort of say, look, we're, we're not all about just the hype at South Carolina. Let's reward some seniors. Um, you know, and, and somebody said Josh – you know, Ben said Josh Van should be there. I I don't think you can say you – know, there's only three spots. So to say Josh Van should be there, I think you're you're then saying, well, one of the three should not be there, which I I would disagree with that statement. Like I, I agree with all three guys. Like I can't sit there and look at any of the three and say that guy should not be there. So in turn, because you had to limit it to three people, you couldn't just add a fourth. Like that's against the rules. So I – um I, I won't say Josh Van should be, you know, and, and to scout guy's point, maybe Josh was asked and he didn't want to go. Josh has a, a young child as well, um, you know, that, that he has to help take care of. So may, maybe he didn't want to go. We, we don't know how it played out behind the scenes. I will say this. I think it was on this show. It might have been on 107.5, but I think it was when we were talking. I did call Zach Pickens. Zach Pickens has mm-hmm. taken on – you can just feel when guys become – upperclassmen when they become seniors, the ownership of the the team changes. There's something different about when guys take on leadership roles, and you can almost, Kendall, just feel it. And yeah. with Zach, Zach has taken on an ownership of the defense and an ownership of this program. So I, I think that's why it made complete sense for, um, for Pickens. And I think this was on 107.5 on that segment. We talked about would there be an offensive lineman or two who could be in the running. And um, I had mentioned Eric Douglas or Javon Gwynn. And the thing about Javon is that I think he's a bit of an unsung hero to compared to the way he's viewed inside the program versus the way he's viewed from the fan base. Um, this guy is one of those kids that has not been given the credit for the fact that he does – everything right he shows up he sets a standard of as far as work ethic goes with his other offensive linemen he is a lead by example kid not even necessarily the biggest talker but Mm -hmm. just um really has played you know since he was a a young kid and now is an upperclassman within this program so I, i think it would be cool for javon to start to get a little bit more love for for what he's done within the program because he has been a solid, consistent player for Carolina on the offensive line. And a lot of times those offensive linemen do not quite get the love that they deserve. So this was cool to see Javon get some of that. Um, you know, he returned for this season. He could have he left early. Mm-hmm. This is a guy I think if he was a couple of inches taller and maybe a little more in line with the NFL standards for, for guards, 
probably would be talking about as a, a, a you know mid to maybe even higher draft pick for next year, actually. So I think another like big thing with this is the fact that these players have stuck around through the good and the bad. And that's why I really respect this decision. Obviously you talk about Pickens and Gwen and they've been there through some of the bad times with South Carolina football. And, and last year we saw things get better and we saw things end on a positive note. And that was great for everybody, but they were there during some of those times where the fan base wasn't so happy and it wasn't all rainbows and butterflies and sunshine all the time. And, and I think it's great to send them to say, you know, you're seniors now and and you've been here and you've proven that yes, you will be a South Carolina Gamecock, whether we're at our highest high or our lowest low. And then to carry and Joyner, for me, the fact that he has just, been such a team player is absolutely massive last year switching to the wide receiver position after playing quarterback then he switches back to quarterback for that Duke's Mayo Bowl is the hero of the game MVP he's the type of guy who wants to do anything to help out his team and you know Dakarian is also a great guy and he's he's really great with the media he's great to talk to he's going to be fantastic at SEC media days I know it um so I think you know it's about the selflessness as well and it's about being a true team player and it's one of those things where we talk about Shane Beamer all the time and we talk about what he focuses on in this program whether that's competition love family gratitude, whatever it might be. I think that if you sit there and and you send, you know, and this is like Spencer Rattler has been awesome. He's been amazing. I think he's a great person. I've loved getting to talk to him. Um, But I think, you know, this, this even more so sets that standard of what Shane Beamer talks about time and time again, not that Spencer doesn't have those qualities, but these guys have shown that throughout these last several years, they have proven that they are meeting that criteria. They're meeting the standard for what Shane Beamer is trying to set with South Carolina football. They don't always get all the attention and they don't always get the credit for it, but they're still doing it day in and day out. So I think they will be great representatives. And it goes back to Shane Beamer not being that guy to be like, oh yeah, I value getting a media, you know, getting more media attention from ESPN and spending or sending Spencer Rattler. Um, you know, no, I'm going to value you putting in the effort to this program that I expect you to put in you meeting those core values of our program and for that you're getting rewarded so it just speaks more even more so in my opinion to Shane Beamer's genuineness and the fact that yes this is not some fake phony stuff that he's putting out there he's genuinely living by it every single day in this program yeah and I think you want the guys there that um also live by the standards that you have in in your program and you want those to be the guys that represent your program and you know and I I think to your point, like, you know, Spencer, Spencer just hasn't been here long enough to to be able to say he's done that for for three, four years, like like these other guys. And and Joyner, let's be honest, Duke came in wanting, planning, and totally thinking he was a quarterback. And right. he's had to on the fly sort of adjust his thought process on you know, what, what it was going to mean to play at South Carolina, what it was going to mean to play at the SEC level. And, uh, you know, you got to respect a guy who has sort of um, taken what was probably a tough pill to swallow at one point, And instead of just taking his ball and going home or, or you know, kind of pouting about it, he's just said, look, where, you know, how, how else could I help this program? 
And then one thing Beamer always talks about with Joiner, great special teams player as well. That's probably overlooked a bit, but mm-hmm. but this kid for a while has been one of Carolina's best um, sort of do it all guys on special teams. Not even necessarily in like the return game, but doing the stuff that that we don't always look at. So you got to think with the Beamer ball being what it is that that is not overlooked within the program. Just how special um, he has been on on that side of the ball as well. So, Kendall, there was a question about when South Carolina will go Mm -hmm. on Tuesday. I have Um, it up right here. I was already prepared to answer. Kendall Uh, has got your answer for you. Yes, I have your answer for you. So, South Carolina will be from the 1 to 4.15 p.m. session on Tuesday, July 19th. They're paired with Mississippi State, so we get some Mike Leach action in there as well. Uh, But throughout the process, like, there's really not a set time, I think, that they're sharing with us that Shane Beamer is absolutely going to be on the podium at this point. Um, It'll start at 1. It'll go to 4.15. At these media days, times are subject to change all the time, depending on if the session before goes a little over. Before South Carolina from 9.05 to 12.20, it's Alabama and Vanderbilt. Uh, So from 1 to 4.15, they're going to different TV availability rooms. They're doing their big press conference in front of everybody. Might hop on with SEC Network. There's Radio Row there at SEC Media Days as well. So players and coaches are traveling around Radio Row doing interviews. So it's all over the place. It's a little crazy. But luckily, Gamecock Central is sending like four people. So we're all going to be spread out and getting, we'll probably all, you know, have at least since there's four people from South Carolina going, I would assume one of us to be in the general area of at least one person from South Carolina at all times. But 1 to 4.15 on Tuesday, July 19th with Mississippi State. Yeah, these, uh, our Gamecock Central team will basically be stalking the South Carolina representatives for those three hours is how, I mean, that's literally how it works. It's just, and so I I think for, if you're a fan wanting to follow along, come on over, check out GamecockCentral.com. Maybe you want to put SEC network on your TV as you do that. I'm sure SEC network, a lot of times will have, um, so you have like what I would call the big room. And that is Mm -hmm. where the coach is at a formal podium, huge room. You know, you have to raise your hand if you're going to ask a question. They bring a mic over, and they normally carry those live on, on SEC Network. But you don't, as Kendall said, you don't know exactly what time during that window that Beamer will be at the podium. Throughout that, the players and Beamer will be, like, moving through the various different rooms. Usually, the most information actually will come from whenever Beamer speaks to the local media and we'll have video of that on Gamecock Central, have video of that on YouTube, obviously, and we'll have information from that on the Insiders Forum. And then uh, throughout the day, I imagine, Kendall, you'll probably be posting some video, uh, just quick clips, I would think, on, on our social yeah. media stuff. And then we'll have stories, obviously, throughout the day and then probably stories throughout the week after that, just diving into the various things that um, they have to say. But in my experience, the podium – is a lot of repeating to outside media people what you guys, the Gamecock fans, have already heard for the last couple of months on local sources. But then the little local media part, like the gaggle they call it, where it's a little more informal, that's when you might get a little bit of new information because that's the local media people who already know 
the big picture stuff and are wanting to know specifics, uh, you know, heading into the season because, uh, hey, two weeks from now, we'll be talking about, I guess three weeks from now, we'll be talking about preseason practice kicking off, Kendall. I love that time of the year. It's always my favorite time. Everybody's so excited. There's so much hope and there's just so much joy in the air. So very much looking forward to that. But yeah, we have a lot in store for SEC Media Days. We're going to be doing live updates. I'll be posting a bunch of stuff, stories, videos. I'm doing a behind the scenes vlog. I did it for the Duke's Mayo Bowl and people really liked it. It got a lot of views on YouTube. So if you want to know kind of what it's like and you see things that would probably not typically be posted on social media. I'll be doing all of that as well. Um, Might try to go live with Wes at some point when I'm there too, which will be really fun. So yeah, we are planning on getting a lot of stuff out. Um, That's going to be on Tuesday. We're getting there on Monday. Recruiting stuff, Wes. We had a question about recruiting. (laughs) Uh, You took that down. We talked about Nick Nick Harbour. We can can hit it. On Monday. Um, But if we want to talk about it real quick again, Give a little update on that. Yeah, Cade asking, and I, I put this other one up because I was laughing because SC Scout guy is exactly right. He said, at these things, you always have one reporter who is writing a specific story, and they ask every single coach the exact That's same so question. True. 100%. There will be at least a couple of national folks who ask every single coach about NIL or about the transfer portal or some – some specific SEC thing. expansion that's going to be a big oh yeah expansion that's going to be, be this the theme sec expansion and i'm excited that beamers oh. with mike leach because he's funny can we <laughs> so, just talk about ball i'm ready to talk about ball yeah. um nick harbour update says cade or is there any input on the five star 24 kid wide receiver cade i don't know which five star 24 wide receiver um you have to be more specific on that i can talk about nick harbour though what do you say, Kendall? Well, I might sound dumb. No, never mind, never mind. Oh, let me look it up. You just continue saying what you're saying. Okay, we'll talk about Nick. We'll talk about Nick Harbor. Um, here's the thing. South Carolina, I would say very much in it with Harbor in that he has strong interest. Um, I heard, I guess this would have been now the end of June. I had heard that the conversation, the communication was still going strong between South Carolina, and Nick Harbour. Maybe even that the Gamecocks were a little bit stronger in there than people thought. That said, you're you're still talking about someone who, as far as I know, has not visited since last summer. So you always got to follow the visits. Like, don't get caught up in the hype. It's one thing to be in the top four. It's another thing for a guy to choose your school. He has talked extremely highly of Shane Beamer, extremely highly of his experience visiting South Carolina a year ago. The key, and this is just my opinion, but I've seen a lot of recruitments play out. The key is now, can you get this kid back to your campus for an official visit in the fall and try to make the close? You're not, you know, he's been on other visits. You're not going to land a kid who has not been on your campus for over 12 months. It just doesn't happen in my experience. So that's the next step. We can obviously talk about Nick Harbour, and it's fun to think about the possibility there because he, as we have talked about, is an incredible athlete, incredible human being, like just all around awesome kid. But if we're going to talk about him seriously, like start adding him to your mock Gamecock recruiting classes, I think Carolina's got to get him back in Columbia for an official visit 
And then we see what happens. We take it from there. And then I think you can start to talk about it being a, a real possibility. But he he's, again, been very complimentary. He's got Pup Howard recruiting him for Carolina on, on uh, Twitter. Dante Reno. Um, I mean, it, it's the, – the guys obviously are, are putting in the work. And speaking of – and, and we, we got – let's get out of here pretty, pretty soon here, Kendall. But I do want to talk briefly about Dante Reno. Have um, Kendall? Have you seen Dante's latest public <laughs> comments? I have not. I've been in baseball mode all week, so let's okay. hear it. You're gonna enlighten you, me on this. Okay. I have a feeling I know what it's about. So, as we all know, the reclassification rumor has floated out there, and um, as Kendall can attest, it's been. This thing has floated around since well before it even became a public rumor. And right. so I think my, my impression of it for a while has been that this was a, at the very least, a real possibility. Like, I'm not going to go as far as to say this thing was going to happen, but it was at least a real consideration. And Dante sort of, I would say, downplayed it would be the way I would describe it, downplayed it publicly, Right. And the last time we talked about this, you know, I believe our take, Kendall, was, hey, you you would downplay this until you knew for sure it was happening. Like, this is not yes. something you would play up if you weren't 99% sure you were going to do it. You just, uh, you know, yeah. we'll see. Right. Well, um, and again, giving credit here to Phil Kornblut from uh, Sports Talk Media Network. He talked to Dante on Tuesday night, and uh, Dante is on vacation right now. But... Um, he said, quote, I get back on Sunday and we're going to talk to the family tomorrow about what's going to happen. We're going to talk to Coach Satterfield and Coach Beamer and see what their thoughts are. It's, and it's is referring to reclassifying. It's definitely an option right now. They have mentioned that. So Reno goes on to say that he is academically already in a position to graduate um, if he uh, says he's already in position to graduate with the 2023 class. So that means there will be no extra effort, no extra classes, it seems like, to have to do that. Um, Reno goes on to say, for sure, it's definitely exciting to get there a year earlier, be able to learn the whole offense earlier. Nothing is set in stone right now, but it's definitely an opportunity. So that, by far, the strongest public... Um, mention from Dante yeah. of this possibility. I see Kendall smiling because I think she's thinking this is probably going to happen. Well, Dante is hinting that it, that it could happen. And, um, you know, I, I think – I don't think he's made a final decision. I'll take him at his word that he hasn't made a final decision. But I, I also take him at his word that he is strongly considering this possibility. So – I think that if you're South Carolina, this is something you obviously really want to happen. And I do believe Dante too. Like, I don't think he's made a final decision yet either. Great kid, super awesome interview. And something that I love about him is he's so open and he's so honest and like, he's going to tell you straight up and that's great. And that's why I believe every word he says. Um, but yes, Dante is 18. So Dante just turned 18 a few months ago. So if he came to South Carolina in 2024, he would be 20. 
I was a freshman at South Carolina when I was 19 and I was considered old. Like I turned 19 a couple days before school started at South Carolina. Coming in at 20 years old as a freshman is like unbelievable. So obviously an option. We talked before Dylan Lonergan committed to Alabama publicly. I have a theory, and this is just me like speculating. This is hypothetical. I'm not saying this is going to happen. Again, Dante has not said he's reclassifying. He has not said that. He is still in the 2024 class as of right now. He could reclassify to 2023, fill that quarterback position because South Carolina does not have a 2023 quarterback. They put pretty much all of their um, – What's the, I can't think of the idiom. They put all their eggs in one basket with Dylan Lonergan for the most part. And he committed to Alabama. So Dante can commit for 2023 if he decides to reclass. And then they've been paying a lot of attention to Jaden Bradford in the 2024 class, who could then take that 2024 position. Not saying any of this is going to happen. I am not. But Wes, I remember we, we've we talked about it in the past. Like, it is very much an option at this point, obviously, as Dante just said. And it would be good for South Carolina because then you have the possibility of getting two of those three major quarterbacks you talked about instead of one. Because it would be, I mean, with if Dante stays in the 2024 class, why would Jaden come? Mm-hmm. So it's probably best case scenario if you're a South Carolina fan. Um, and then again, you get Dante here a whole year earlier. He gets to learn the system and it's not like he's a 17 year old coming in. He'll be 19 years old, very much the same age as every other true freshman quarterback. Yeah. And I I think, um, you know, I, I think the reclass thing has always been a little bit more of a consideration than was publicly let on. I, I think obviously, you know, these guys, these guys pay attention, like, they know I'm, – I'm sure there was some consideration about, hey, what is Lonergan going to do? Is he coming in with the 20, 2023 class? Um, you know, and I, I think for, for Reno, if Lonergan had said, look, I'm going to South Carolina, then it probably makes much more sense for Reno to come in with the 24 class. But now that Lonergan is not coming in with 23 class, going to Alabama, um, which I, I think um, – you know, Carolina clearly recruited him hard – and for a long time, but I also, I think Carolina, and I can tell you they are perfectly happy with having Dante Reno as their guy. Um, you know, I, I feel like he's someone they feel like they can build this program around. And, you know, I, I think for Dante, if you could get him to come in, like you said, with 23, then Jaden Bradford is your top guy for 24. Then uh, it, it just all makes sense, right? Like it all sort of falls into place and, and fits. And the thing when we were talking about those, can you get two out of the three? We kind of, Kendall, I, I think the things we didn't know were kind of, when is Dante going to commit? For mm-hmm. what class is he going to commit? And when is Dylan going to commit? And then now we've gotten two of those answers, and it was that Dylan committed elsewhere. But Dante jumped on in there and maybe pur- purposely, I don't know. Dante jumped on in there and committed before Dylan, even though they yeah. weren't in the same class at this at the time. So I don't know. Not saying I'm just saying. I thought that was interesting that Dante hopped in and said, look, even though I'm technically the younger guy class-wise, I'm stepping in and committing. And mm-hmm. so now that they have him, he's recruiting for them. 
and we'll see. It seems like this next shoe could drop very soon in terms of Reno just saying, nah, look, I'm a 24 guy. Let's just put this to bed. It's it's not going to be something, because you want to know either way, or saying, look, I'm let's do this. I'm a 23 guy. It's done. So it, yeah. it seems like that decision's coming here pretty soon. Always something going on in the world of Gamecock. It's athletes. good for us, though, Kendall. It's very it's good for always us. always great. And, yeah, I'm not saying it in a bad way. I'm just saying, you know, always something. Uh, you want to hit on Bennett real quick. That's who I said, but he's a four-star. Yeah. Right? So, five, yeah, five-star in our eyes, but not, <laughs> not actually a five-star. I don't think on any of the services right now. Uh, Mazio, MJ, Bennett, um, Great wide receiver out of Greenville, class 2024. Um, Carolina, I believe, is in good shape, Cade. I would say, again, it's early, but I would say Carolina is the leader right now. Um, I'm always a little bit hesitant on saying who I think leaders are when it's still this early because so much can change in two years' time. So I always kind of frame it like this. like If they were to make a decision soon, where, where do I think they would go with Bennett? If he were to make a decision soon, I actually definitely think it would be South Carolina. But we all know that could change. Alabama actually offered Bennett um, a week or two ago. That one, that that offer, I believe, probably mattered to him. Obviously, any wide receiver, that offer is going to matter. So that's something to monitor as well. But I think getting Reno actually really helps with Bennett because the two of them have hit it off. Even though they're not from the same area, they're not like longtime friends or anything like that. But just having some, you know, familiarity, having a comfort level, having a guy that wants to get to know you at quarterback and wide receiver, um, it, it does matter. So I, I think that's something to watch. Uh, but good questions, Cade. And let's get one more, Kendall. We got, got a little bit of time. Um, with all the big time quarterbacks, is it inevitable that we lose a few down the line? You know, I think that's the nature of it these days. Um, you don't ever want to like speculate on which guy it's going to be because you never really know. It's going to be about who comes in and performs and who doesn't. And it's going to be about who's patient and who's not. And there's varying degrees to all of that. But yes, I would, I would say Kendall, it's almost healthy to have transfers. Yeah. You. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Like you, you, you want, like, you want to recruit. Yeah. Guys who come in. You want, you want somebody to push ahead and be the dude, not to where you have like 1A and 1B and, yeah. you know, we don't, you don't really have a guy, but you have two guys. You want a guy to come in and say, this is my job. Mm-hmm. And then you, you really want the other guy to be good enough that he transfers to somewhere else and even does well, I feel like. Like fans may be like, ah, you know, this guy transferred out and threw for 3,000 yard. That means you were recruiting the right talent. Yeah. You know, the best of the best schools have guys that transfer every single year. You want depth in your quarterback room. You want depth at every single position uh, because we've talked about this many times. Alabama has depth everywhere on the field. And that is why Alabama is year after year after year one of the best college football teams in the country. If you want to be up there with everybody, you're going to have some really darn good players sit in the bench. And that's just how it is. Why are you laughing? <laughs> some, some darn good football players. You are. Uh, you are, but you are. You're 100% right. And 
Look, look at Joe Burrow. He was at Ohio State, which Ohio State does as good a job, in my opinion, as anybody in the country at recruiting, landing, signing, and then developing, like putting quarterbacks in a position to succeed. Like they, they for the last 10 years, have had really, really good quarterback play. And even they had a, had someone come in, gets beat out, mm-hmm. goes elsewhere, not only starts, but puts together one of the best seasons in SEC football history for a quarterback and wins the national title and, and wins the Heisman. So, it you know, and Ohio State fans, some of them may look at that like, how'd you let that guy leave? But I look at that like you had good enough football players that somebody capable of going and winning the Heisman and a national title got beat out at your QB position. So there, there's a there's multiple different ways to look at it. But yes, they they and the, you know what we haven't said the word Marcus Satterfield maybe except once this entire show. Give credit where it's due, mm-hmm. y'all. Sat has done a phenomenal job of recruiting quarterbacks and putting guys in that room in order to create competition. So. We'll see what happens, but either way, it's going to be fun, Kendall. You're talking about the Ohio State-LSU saga with Joe Burrow, and I'm just kind of hoping here that Oklahoma feels that way after this year. I think all Gamecock fans feel this way. Uh, but, you know, Spencer Rattler, he could recreate and have a similar story, hopefully, to Joe Burrow. I know that's – Are you, are you on it that Carolina's going to win the national title this year? I'm not saying the here? national title. I'm just saying, like, mm-hmm. okay – you know what I mean. You know, make them regret it a little bit. Make them regret it. And I know that's how Ohio State fans felt. And uh, and then they try to claim Joe Burrow. And <laughs> you don't get to claim him at this point. No, but you he he said something about it. It was a while ago. He was not happy. He was like, "Don't y'all try to claim me." Like I don't know. It was it was a whole thing. That is pretty funny though. Anyways. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of GC Live. So much fun. We appreciate all of your questions, interacting with you. It's always a blast. If you haven't already, this is your sign to go head over to GamecockCentral.com. Subscribe. If you're not a subscriber, we have an awesome deal. We got a darn good deal going, Kendall. We got a darn good. Oh, Wes is never going to let me live that one down now. Every time he texts me, he's going to be like, I have a darn good opportunity for you. Um, I'm sorry, but it is a darn good deal. You want to tell him about it? it Four months for $1, literally $1. That's four quarters, 10 dimes, $1, four months of exclusive premium content for Gamecock Central on the On3 Network. So uh, head over there and go ahead, click that subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe as well. Turn on your notifications. Give this video a like. Check out our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, whole nine yards. And uh We'll be back at you soon, just a few more days until SEC Media Day, and uh, we'll, we'll get rolling, and football season will be here before we know it. Yeah? Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. 
Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-424-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York. 